0: welcome to Farmher Talks, thoughtful conversations to inspire the Farmher and all of us. You may be wondering, who is the voice behind this episode? I'm Chelsea Voorhees, the newest member of the Farmher crew and fill-in host for Marty, and you're listening to Chelsea's Chatter, a new segment on Farmher Talks that will air about once a month. For my first ever episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Holly Spangler, journalist, Farmher, wife, mom, and most importantly for this episode, work-from-home pro. We're talking about how she juggles all of the roles, not in just everyday life, but life during a global pandemic. She will also give her best tips to new work-from-home moms to help you survive the day you're joined by little ones while trying to effectively work. So welcome, Holly. How are you? Hey, Chelsea. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. It's rainy here in Kansas, but... It's kind of perfect, sets the mood for Friday.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, if it's raining in Kansas, it's probably headed this way. So yeah, <laughs> you're up for that.
0: <laughs> we'll try to keep the snow away from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please do. Please do. We're done with that. Mentally, we're done with that.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel you on that. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. And you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started with all of your tips and tricks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... I am, uh, for work, I am the editor of Prairie Farmer Magazine. That's a magazine here in Illinois. Um, It's 180 years old this year, which is mind-boggling to me. It's the oldest um, continuously published magazine in the United States. That's impressive. Right? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) And let's see, we are part of the Farm Progress companies. So we have 17 state and regional publications like Prairie Farmer all over the country. So um, within that structure, I'm called an executive editor. So like, I just have a team of magazines and editors that report to me. And it's mostly what we call the Eastern Corn Belt, but it, that doesn't really, there's it's not a clean line. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, uh, Ohio, Indiana, and then basically then everything East. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Cool. So what has kind of led you to that career that you're in now? I'm sure the path has been windy and turny everywhere, but can you kind of explain a little bit how you got started in journalism? Yeah.
1: You know, it's been, it's been a good run. It's, um, I've actually been with Farm Progress for 23 years, which also feels crazy. Yeah. I got this job before I graduated from college. I was an agricultural communications major at the University of Illinois and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to write and take pictures and do something that helped farmers in some way. And then this position as a field editor for Prairie Farmer came up, I think it was before my senior year in college. I think it was like the summer before my senior year in college. But they didn't find anybody to fill it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's so, like, woo. <laughs> yeah. So I did an interview and then... Um, knowing that, okay, so their office was in kind of East Central Illinois. I was going to be marrying this farmer in Western Illinois, basically the middle of nowhere. Um, And how am I going to find a job right over here? So did an interview with them, and they were willing to consider, like, maybe we'd let you work from home, which now, like, not a biggie. 23 years ago, it was kind of a biggie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge change.
1: Yeah. And um, anyway, they had me do a test story, decided they liked it, and then offered me a job and I started part-time like in January of my senior year of college and finished of course my courses and then worked a couple days a week and learned how to do it and then after graduated got married four weeks later and went full-time two weeks after that working from home.
0: Wow that's like perfect timing and everything (laughs) just worked out great. You're talking a little bit about your husband and I know that he comes from a farming family and that's part of your life because not only when you marry someone, are you married into the family, but a farm family, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> so <laughs> tell For me sure. a little bit about your background growing up. Were you a farm How did that all work?
1: Yeah, no, I grew up on a farm in Southern Illinois. We raised corn, soybeans and beef cattle and met my husband in college, and his family raised corn, soybeans, and beef cattle. So, very, a lot of similarities, but then you get into the nitty gritty of farming stuff, right? And not so similar. Because my family, we grew up with um, uh, Alice Chalmers tractors, Chevy trucks, and shorehorn cows. Pretty diehard in all those ways, right? Well, my husband's family, you know, they were John Deere, Ford pickups, and, um, Angus Simmental cattle, basically wow. not.
0: Sure. Yeah, like different worlds of farming, completely. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, from the outside
1: looking in, we're all like pretty similar, but from the inside looking out, it's everybody's got their preferences. So, but my husband had the best line back then. He said something about he might someday drive a Chevy, and he might even show a shore horn, but he would never farm with anything but John Deere's. <laughs> <It's> like, well, <laughs> so he
0: compromised a little bit, you know, that's what marriage <laughs> is all about. A little give and take there.
1: <laughs> yeah, he at least offered it. But in retrospect, we farm with John Deere, we drive Fords, and we're showing black cattle. So I feel like he you won in the end. on
0: the compromise. Yeah?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he won a few of those battles. <laughs> he, he won me over to his side. It's fine. But yeah, so yeah, I grew up on, you know, in that world, right, in Southern Illinois, and My parents farmed and um, all the stuff day to day, you know, was my brother and my mom and dad and I. And that was not unfamiliar, right? His parents just live across the field from us. So we do a lot of life with them. And the real blessing then is now our children do a lot of life, right, with grandma and grandpa. We don't see each other in a given day. It's a a rare day (laughs) that we do. (laughs)
0: How do you think all of that farming background between helping your husband and his family and you growing up has helped you in your journalism career with Farm Progress?
1: I tell, you know, ad communication students or anybody that's writing anything, like, if you want to be a good writer, know your audience know what it is that they're interested to in, know, what they need to know, know what they need to know when they need to know it. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how often you know, my husband and I, I mean, we, we live agriculture, right? So we talk about it a lot and we're talking about things that are going on and we just had a conversation. We're talking about crop insurance and I was asking him, okay, what's the deadline for this particular policy he was looking at? And I was like, I should have written a story about that. Too. You know, just <laughs> everything rolls together in terms of like how the issues that we're dealing with personally on the farm, you know, show up in the magazine. And then the fact that like, I don't, everything I ever write, he reads before it goes right to print. Cause it's sort of like the farmer ground truth thing. Like, will you read this and tell me if it sounds stupid?
0: Well, if he's I, your audience. It, so that right. makes you grew up with that audience and now you live and breathe it with your husband. Perfect peer editor. He should be paid more, but he's not. So has the pandemic affected your life as a journalist, as a her, both? Give us a little insight on that. Yeah, it's so
1: weird. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about like, How would you quarantine differently, you know, knowing what you know now? And I'm like, I mean, we quarantine in the sense that we didn't go to town. I only shop for groceries a couple, like once every two weeks. You know, we didn't go to church. We were here on the farm, but our jobs didn't change that much here. I was already working from home. We were already set up to do all this from home. You know, we had to do a dry run with, cause all of our production people were now at their home. So could we put a magazine out with everybody remote? Turned out we could, so that was good. So that part didn't really change for me. My husband's job, be farms, that didn't change. The big change for us was having our three teenagers home from school. First, that was kind of a novelty. My husband joked that was mid-March. He was like, you know, this would really be more handy in April. <laughs> and we look back and we're like, bite your tongue, because that's kind of what happened.
0: Yeah, <laughs> then you got warm. more than you bargained for. <laughs>
1: and we've written stories about this too. There were a lot of silver linings for farm families in the pandemic, I think, because those kids were home. You know, we were home from sports. We were home from music. None of that stuff was happening. We were together together. The kids were able to help more. Kids did a whole lot more with calving last year than they had ever done before, more in the field and just more time with family, right? More time with grandmas and grandpas was that I heard from farm families everywhere. So those are good things. Yeah, that's definitely a
0: huge benefit of everyone being home. Did your kids have to do the online learning or were they back in school at all? We were remote
1: eventually there in the spring. And then when we went back in the fall, we were in person from eight to noon. What it ended up being all the time, you know, we'd have about two weeks in school and then there'd be an outbreak and we'd be out for two weeks and then we'd be in for a week or 10 days and then we'd be out. And that just repeated through the fall stuff we had to juggle and make work, make sure everybody had some sort of internet connection here at home. Three teenagers on the internet and me <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah,
0: I know that's one of the biggest struggles for most families is the internet connection, Mm -hmm. sharing that. In fact, I wanted to talk about that amazing photo that you shared with us during our Farm Her First campaign (laughs) on our social media. About a month ago, I think it went out, but I know you were using it way prior to then. (laughs) Um, So for our listeners, it was pretty awesome. It said, hi, mom is in a meeting. Do not enter. Please no internet use yelling slamming bleeding trumpet playing or fire now i don't know if i'm more intrigued by like the bleeding fire or trumpet playing and what happened at your household during the pandemic but we thought it was pretty awesome
1: <laughs> humor generally works well with teenagers And if you can exaggerate just a bit, but also drawing things that they know are true, it seems to be more effective. But yeah, that day that I posted that, I was recording a broadcast webinar with Max Armstrong. I had things set up in here and I was afraid though, in the middle of it, they were going to come home, slam the doors and talking and yelling and carrying on. So I posted that sign to hopefully deter them as they (laughs) rolled into the house. And of course I texted them and all that stuff. Can't have enough reminders. Can't count
0: how many times I've done that. My office is upstairs and stood at the top of the stairs like this at my husband. I don't have any children, but I do have a dog. I'm a dog mom. And for some reason, <laughs> she's a super talkative dog. So sometimes those online meetings, she is the one. I have to sh a little bit. She can't slam <laughs> the door, but she can moan and groan in the background. <laughs> do you have any like specific tips that you would give for real moms, not dog moms, juggling <laughs> the work from home life and having children at home during online learning? I know that some of our listeners, they still are going through the online learning or went through it before and are afraid of another outbreak. So we'd love to hear your special tips and tricks.
1: We're all living in fear of that text or the email or the call from school. There we go again. (laughs) We're home again. (laughs) When I started out working from home, that would have been 1998. We just had like dial up internet then. I had to kind of figure out some things like what's going to work for me. And for me, it's always worked well to keep at least the structure of the daily hours. Build in flexibility from there if you need to. I know in those early years, I realized I needed I need to get up and get dressed. Like I was legitimately going into the office. But then like the ironing of all the dress clothes was too much. I was like. You know, a week into that, I'm like, I'm not keeping this up. This isn't going to work. And so for me, I just settled on, you know, some version of jeans and a nice sweater Top, whatever it is, so that you feel presentable at least. Everybody's kind of learned that, I think. Our Zoom attire, right? That's presentable from here up. Yes. And <laughs> it's part of that just getting your brain in gear to to do the work for the day.
0: Kind of go back to those normal eight to five, even if you have the sweatpant on bottom and the blazer on top for your Zoom calls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the other things I found too, my husband got me a um, electric throw blanket a few years ago for Christmas. It's you know, I'm stuck like electric blanket, but it's Lab size. And so I keep that under my desk and I've discovered it still works in Zoom too, right? Because you can just pull that thing on and nobody has any idea
0: that you're sitting there <laughs> nice and toasty warm. Nobody <laughs> has to see the coziness. It looks right. professional, but you got to keep yourself comfortable. Besides the work from home changes as your life as a mom, have you seen many changes as far as the journalism part? Were you used to phone interviews? You Could you still travel to farms? What did that look like interviewing farmers? Hey, we have
1: we often we've interviewed farmers in a lot of ways, right? On um, phone call interviews, in-person interviews, all those kinds of things. As a company, we were not restricted, you know, to go to farms. I have just tread carefully, basically, right? So I talk to the farmer first, how do you feel about this? You know, are you okay with this? And for the most part, they've all been like, yeah, it's fine. And, and, you know, even some of those really early ones that we did, we, we, nobody really knew. We weren't shaking hands and we kept our distance and it was a photo shoot and stuff and it all worked out fine. But it was just so weird to get on a farm and not immediately shake their hands and not end the day with shaking their hands to sort of end the conversation. And, you know, in terms of interviews, that's not really changed that much. The biggie for us has been that there's just no meetings. The good thing is that there's no meetings
0: all of those meetings that could be emails, they are finally emails that we can right. turn into it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: But like, you know, all those field days and all the conferences and all those places where you sit around and you talk to people and you get story ideas, which we can still do on the Zoom, you know, webinar type ones, that still works. But what you don't get is the hallway conversations. And that's where a lot of stories get put together or you get feedback on different things that you've done or ideas that you have or Meet new farmers, meet new things, people. That's
0: what I miss. Yeah, one day it's looking up, I think, from here. So so yeah. hope we can get some of that human interaction soon. I for miss sure. those conferences as well. That is all we really have for pandemic talk. And thank you for sharing your story with us and being on my first ever episode of Farm Her Talks. <laughs> I know that you're an inspiration to many young FarmHers, not just from your career, but the way that you've grown up, helped your husband's family and what you continue to do. So we're proud to be able to share your story and be sure to visit us at farmher.com to hear the stories, learn about FarmHer events, read blogs, and of course, check out our cute merchandise. When you're there, be sure to sign up for our email list to stay in the know and connect with us on social media. We're on all the platforms at farmher.com. So thanks, Holly, and thanks for tuning in, everyone.